We have church on the fly. Mm. Amen. Amen. We're doing our thing. Yeah, we is. Every week. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Okay. Good morning, Akron Alliance. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. And I got some shade too, so this is good. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to position this a little bit. Make sure I don't stumble and fall. Yeah. That's always don't a good thing. That. Amen. 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 Um, thanks for being here this morning. For everyone here, thanks for finding some shade. That's always helpful too. Um, we're going to go ahead and worship and praise the Lord. And we want to thank him for his very presence here this morning. Um, just, uh, I, if I forget, remind me in the back there about announcements uh, for uh, our church uh, after we're done here. We're going to go ahead and get started with today's message. And I trust that, number one, the Spirit's going to speak. We uh, had a very special Independence Day yesterday celebration. For those of you who were able to uh, participate in the festivities. I know that Akron had some fireworks yesterday as well too all over and and it's a great thing to be able to celebrate especially during a time when uh, it's tough to know how to celebrate or know what to celebrate but I'm going to challenge you hopefully today with the fact that there is reason to celebrate and there is reason for optimism and there's reason for us to not be in any way, shape, or form down in the dumps about anything, but to be giving praise to the Lord, just like what the music was mentioning, about giving the praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has done, all that he will do, and for what we can look forward to uh, in the future. Amen? Amen? Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to look to what your word has to say. We thank you for your loving presence. We thank you for how you look after us. We thank you for how you teach us. We thank you for how you encourage us. And Lord, you know, after what we've had to go through for the last few months, we've needed encouragement. We've needed your safety. We've needed your protection. There are many, many things we are in need of. And yet, Lord, you have delivered and can deliver on everything that we ask for. We thank you for that. And we thank you for how, Lord, we just look to you right now for inspiration through your word. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. When I was very young, I always looked forward to the 4th of July celebration. When you're still a child, the most important thing about the 4th of July was hot weather, cookouts, deviled eggs, grilled hot dogs and hamburgers, baked beans with molasses. Notice that a lot of all this was about the food, amen? <laughs> we just keep going on and on about food here. And you could also wash it down with a soda pop, or for some of us who are in the hood, Kool-Aid with ice. Amen? Amen. 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 You might even get a bomb pop 
or yeah. tea, or a fruity popsicle. Mm. After all of the belly swelling food, you would hear the occasional pop of a firecracker across the street or somewhere nearby. And one year we went down to, the family piled in the car and went down to Edgewater Park. Edgewater Park in Cleveland. Arguably one of the biggest fireworks shows in the area, if not the entire Midwest. We were parked near Captain Frank's Seafood Restaurant at East 9th Street with hundreds of other cars. The evening sky was starry and clear and I experienced blast after blast of the largest and most colorful firework display I had ever seen. But that display lasted about an hour. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was already a special day for me that was only surpassed, frankly, by Christmas morning. We look forward to the 4th of July for the food, the family, the time spent together, and then we enjoy fireworks. Now, as I got older, I learned more about the meaning of Independence Day. I learned that it was more than just food and fireworks. Amen? Amen. More than food and fireworks. Amen? Amen. All God's people wide awake say amen. 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 <laughs> Y'all can't be sleeping. It's too early for that. <laughs> you might have been sleeping after eating yesterday. <laughs> I learned about the significance of the day, July 4th, 1776. Now, from my personal recollection, it started by watching the movie musical 1776 when I was in junior high school. And it continued when I took a United States history class in high school. I also learned to associate the firework displays each year to the line in the Star Spangled Banner that spoke of the bombs bursting in air. So there's a comparative for you. It was very important for me to understand the reasons how and why our nation was born. The primary reason is within the name Independence Day. The Continental Congress of the 13 American colonies voted on July 2nd, 1776 to become independent of King George III of the British monarchy. After the vote and some revisions to the Declaration of Independence, July 4th was the official, first official day of what we call today the United States of America. Now, I went through this little exercise to show the importance of knowing the meaning behind the different things that we participate in. You might be surprised to learn that a recent Marist poll in 2017 reflected that about one out of four Americans did not know that the United States declared its independence from Great Britain. Didn't know. Of the one in four, which is 23%, 8% of them mentioned another country altogether. 
and 15% of them were unsure. In the event that you may think this is a peculiar result, the same survey had very similar results six years earlier. The same survey had very similar results. And here's another tidbit from the survey. Three in 10 Americans did not know the year when the United States declared its, declared its independence. They didn't even know. 11% of residents mentioned another year other than 1776 and 19% were unsure altogether. Well, you can say this is an indictment on our education system, but it can't all fall on the education system. There comes a point where you have to decide how much you really want to know. People can give you information, but you have to decide how much you really want to recognize. The evidence suggests that a number of people participate in historical events that may be important to them without even knowing the meaning behind them. And this can continue year after year after year without any need to gain greater understanding of why the event is important. Let's face it, a lot of people know that the 4th of July is a holiday and that it is a national holiday. But beyond the cookout, the food and the fireworks, that may be as far as the understanding will go. So let's look at this a little more closely. And let's broaden our scope beyond the 4th of July, amen? amen. Let's broaden our scope here. Let's look at life as we know it today. When looking at the big picture and your place within it, I want you to see how important it is for you to seek out information to help you deal with life and not to just settle for your own understanding of what is taking place. Don't just settle. There are two passages of scripture that come to mind. If you have your Bibles and your electronic devices, please turn to Proverbs chapter 3. And let's take a look at verses 1 through 8. Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 8. Now the natural thing to do here is to look at a passage in this particular section that we're very familiar with and just dwell on that part of it. Not today. We're taking the entire section of verses 1 through 8 and using it for context for what we're going to talk about today. Starting with verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching. Whose teaching are we talking about? God's teaching. Don't forget about God's teaching. Don't forget about it. Now, the fact that he has to tell us not to forget means what? We forget. Amen? Amen. We forget. We don't always remember. We remember maybe at the most inconvenient times when we're forced to remember it, but he wants us to remember it at all times. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Verse 3, 
Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And then verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all ways, all your ways, acknowledge him and you will make straight your paths. And then verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. Remember that. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Amen. Now think about that passage. And then there's this particular passage, this next one, that takes your faith and trust in God's teaching and brings it to completion. And that's going to be in Acts chapter 17. Go to Acts 17. And we're going to look at verses 10, 11, and 12. 10 through 12. Now this is very important for us to understand too. We have a tendency sometimes to just accept things as they are. Well, we're going to learn in this passage that the Bereans didn't do that. They were smart. They went and checked it out. Look what it says here in verse 10, starting in verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by the night, by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. So that key passage there is in verse 11. You check out what you hear. You check out what you're told. You check out what you see to see if it lines up with God's word. That's what we all need to be doing. That's all we, what we need to be doing every day. Reading the word and comparing it to what we're being taught. So today's message surrounds the importance on this Independence Day weekend as to how a person who desires to know Jesus Christ can do more than just go through the motion. Go through the motions. Now, I don't have to explain to you what going through the motions is. But you can, if you're not careful, go through the motions when it comes to your faith and walk in the Lord. In other words, where's the intent? Where's the purpose? Are you doing it because people are looking at you? Are you doing it because... People don't want to, they don't want to see you figuring, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. Why do you do it? We're not to go through the motions. And we even talked about it this morning. Our challenge is about maturing in our faith. If you're going through the motions, you are not maturing as a believer. Period. I challenge anybody to tell me different. You're going through the motions, you are not maturing. So how do we do this? How do we desire to know Christ more without going through the no, no, motions? Number one, listen to God's teaching. 
Listen to God's teaching. It is relevant to everything that you do and everything you're going to experience. Do you understand that what God tells you is relevant to your life? Everything that you do, everything you're involved in, the work that you have, your career, even if you don't have a career, even if you're retired, it involves everything. So it's important for you to listen to God's teaching. God's trying to teach you every day. God has something to say to you every day. Do you understand that? The second thing, trust in his teaching. Do you trust what he's teaching you? Do you trust his word? Is his word not infallible? It is infallible. That's the correct use of that. Not infallible is a double negative. Infallible. Trust in his teaching. Why? Because sometimes seeing isn't believing. Sometimes you have to see. He wants you to believe beyond what you can see. And sometimes what we see, we don't like. Sometimes what we see, we don't want to go through. So sometimes he wants you to believe beyond what you see. And that requires trusting in his teaching. Number three, test his word. Be just like the Bereans. Test his word. Test what he's going to say. He challenges you to try him. Try him. Test his word out. Because application of his word provides the ability to deduce and a conclusion supporting what you believe. Deduction and support. You can deduce something based upon testing out his word to see if it fits. To see if your faith needs to be challenged even more. Test his word. So those were the three things. Listen to his teaching, trust in his teaching, and test his word. And so with this information, we can look more effectively at what keeps us from doing three things. There are three things that will keep us from doing the things we just discussed. Guess what keeps us going through the motions in life and not asking questions of God about our experiences? Plain and simple, it's sin. That's what does it. Sin keeps us from seeking out God's word. Sin keeps us from seeking out and asking questions about what's going on in our life. Sin keeps us mired in a place that is out of fellowship with him. What does sin do to us? Well, right off the bat, it certainly limits you. It limits us. It hinders us. In our own flesh, we are very comfortable with sin. Amen? I got two amens out of that. And I don't expect y'all to say an amen or amen like that. Because I know no one wants to talk about how comfortable they can get in sin. Amen? Amen. Nobody wants to talk about that. Amen. Amen. In our sin, there is no room for God's word and no opportunity for fellowship with him. Did you get that? 
in our sin, there's no room for God's word and no opportunity for us to fellowship with him. The experience of sin is anything but freedom. Anything but freedom. You get that? Sin keeps us in bondage to Satan and puts us in the company of those in the world who choose to remain ignorant to Christ. And what he represents to us. People choose not to follow Christ. Amen. Remember that. It puts you in your sin in the same company as those people. Not a very comfortable place to be. Amen. On this Independence Day weekend. It's time for us to recognize the importance of independence from sin. Independence from sin. Jesus wants you to see the importance of freedom from sin. That's what he's all about. His word says it all the time. You should look up, do a search of the word freedom in scripture on your own time. Well, don't do it now, but do it, do it later on. Do a search and look at all the verses that imply freedom. Freedom in Christ. That's what we need to see here. Freedom from sin, first point here, freedom from sin requires faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? Freedom from sin, amen? Freedom from sin requires faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Freedom from sin requires faith and trust in his teaching. These are things we just said before. We're just reiterating it. Faith and trust in his teaching. Freedom from sin requires searching his word and applying it to receive its maximum effect on your life. Believing it, having faith, trusting in it, and searching out his word. If you want to experience freedom, he will tell you. You recognize this freedom, first of all, from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Turn your Bibles and devices to 2 Corinthians 3.17. 2 Corinthians 3.17. The indwelling spirit gives us so much. And it gives us the ability to do all the things we talk about, discern and understand and and reason with others and all these things. The spirit does all of that on our behalf. But you know what else it does? He gives us freedom. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. 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 There's freedom. Independence from sin means freedom from sin. This leads to our first point, where faith and trust in Jesus is a necessity to recognize this freedom. You know, if you don't have faith or trust in Jesus Christ, how do you know you're free? 
How do you know you're free? Do you know you're free? Can you recognize freedom if you don't have faith and trust in Jesus? Take a look, please, at John chapter 8, and let's look at verses 31 through 36. For those of you who may know, there's a passage in here in this section that talks about freedom. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. Verse 31 in John 8. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, look at this very carefully. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. They answered him, verse 33, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Free indeed. Free indeed. Freedom in Christ overcomes the bondage of sin. Freedom in Christ overcomes the bondage of sin. Amen? Yeah. Y'all so quiet. <laughs> this can be, it was, it was for me, a very convicting message. Like, Lord, what are you giving me to write to tell these folks? It can be very convicting. But it's a wonderful reminder of God's goodness. God's goodness. A person who lives in the flesh does not realize their plight, and even that, their sin could lead to disaster. You know, people sin all the time, and they'll make mistakes all the time, and they won't acknowledge it. They don't realize that they're heading for disaster. The only remedy for sin is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to think, first of all, everyone here knows somebody who does not know the Lord. Amen. Everyone watching online know somebody who doesn't know the Lord. It's something to be prayerful about. It's something to give to the Lord about all the time. 
Back to Independence Day. Independence Day in the United States represents freedom from the British monarchy. And the Revolutionary War, a lot of people forget about the war. There was a war that took place back then. It started in 1775, a year before they did the Declaration of Independence. And the war was between the Americans and the British to maintain freedom. That war continued until the 1780s. People don't realize that. So we had to fight for freedom and maintain it. Americans had to fight for it. Now, in contrast, the freedom that we experience in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we didn't have to fight for it. It's a gift. Amen? Amen? Mm. It's a gift. It's something he gives to us. Yeah. <laughs> a free gift of freedom. Amen. Amen. Yeah. A free gift of freedom. And to fight for it. No need for a war. No need for a battle to receive a gift. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. When Jesus talks about freedom, his freedom is all about freedom from sin. That's what he speaks about. Freedom from its penalty. Because there is a penalty for sin, amen? Amen. Freedom from condemnation. So with this freedom, now comes responsibility. With this freedom, now comes responsibility. Please turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 1. Excuse me, and then we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. Galatians 5, verse 1. And then we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. Starting in verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. If you're free, don't put yourself back in a place you don't need to be. He's telling you, submit to him. Now jump down to verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Amen? You were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's a responsibility. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Godly principles that allow you to live in freedom in Christ. And the responsibility is to share that freedom with others and love them as you love yourself. And if you think about that passage, love your neighbor as yourself, That's one of the two things that Jesus talked about in Matthew 22 that cover all the law and the prophets. Loving your neighbor as yourself, you're doing so in freedom. The second area of this freedom pertains to trusting in his teaching through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you trust in his teaching? 
Do you trust in the things that you've been taught? How much do you really know about Jesus? Well, I'll challenge you. We're all still learning about Jesus Christ, and there's no cap to that learning. Because we're still all trying to do what? Mature in our faith in Jesus Christ. Mature in our walk. Mature in our purpose. Mature in how we handle this big thing called life. Amen. Amen. Trusting in his teaching and the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll be spending the rest of our time in the book of Romans chapter 6. Romans 6 is... The entire chapter, if you've read it, covers the entire concept of freedom from sin. And it's a great chapter to look at. And we'll just look at it in pieces, parts as we go. But this is what we need to look at. When Paul was writing to the Romans, he was writing them about freedom from sin. We have a responsibility to live for a purpose in Jesus Christ. And that's what needs to be all about who we are as believers. That's what we're all about. That's what we need to be about. He died for our sin in order that we may live for him. We are to embrace this freedom with reverence for his sacrifice from us. In other words, give praise to the Lord because he is good. Amen? Amen. 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 You have reverence. You have respect for who he is. He's not your buddy. He's not your friend. Like the friend we try to make him to be. We have reverence for who he is. We embrace this freedom by trusting what he teaches us and resisting those things that keep our hearts and minds enslaved. We have reverence for him. Because he sacrificed for us. He sacrificed for us. You think about that every day, how much Jesus Christ has done for you? Amen. Sacrifice for us. Let's start with verse 1 in Romans 6. I'm going to take you through to verse 11. So it's a little bit of reading, but I'll go slow. I'll be very deliberate. But I hope you can see in this passage God's goodness. God's goodness. Amen. God's goodness. Amen. This is what Amen. we need to see. Yes. His goodness. Amen. Because He's giving you information here, He's teaching you here. Look what it says in verse 1 What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. That's maturity. That's teaching maturity. Just because you have grace, salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, does that mean you should be going around sinning as you want? No! Of course not. And not because we're just telling you you shouldn't be doing it, because you have an understanding of God's goodness. That's what you need to see. His goodness here. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. God had to do that. You couldn't do that. Verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now what those words require is faith. Faith and trust that what his words say is true. That's a requirement for this passage for understanding. The average Joe who doesn't know the Lord, what in the world are you talking about? That requires faith. Verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be what? Enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall will also live with him. We believe, but that takes faith. We know that Christ being raised from the dead, verse 9, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. So, again, as a reminder, because of Jesus and nothing that we did is based upon the free gift, we are free from the encumbrance of sin. Free from the encumbrance of sin. Christ desires for you to not allow the world to bring you to a place where you remain enslaved. And as a result, living in unrighteousness. Living in unrighteousness. He doesn't want you to live unrighteously. So what does he say? Now drop down to verse 12 in Romans 6. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. To make you obey its passions. Why do we sin? We relent to the passions in our flesh. And I won't even ask you to say amen. Because you know what that is. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death. To life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. 
For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Praise the Lord. Under grace. Do you need grace today? Amen. Amen. Yes, we do. We all need grace. Grace means, hey, we're bearing ourselves forth before you, Lord. We need your grace. We are not worthy. We need his grace. This is why I said earlier, freedom is a gift from God. Freedom is a gift. And praise the Lord, God loves us. It's a gift from God because he loves us. We live in Christ under righteousness because of his grace. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Because of his grace. That you can do what you do. You know, everyone's days here are numbered, amen? Amen. Everyone has a number of days that we're going to live and then we're going to die. We're alive every day because of grace. Don't ever forget it. And that means the young folks, too. Some young teenager, 19 years old, got shot in Cuyahoga Falls. Came over the news this morning. He died. It's tragic. You're alive because of his grace. Do you sense his grace in your life? Do you sense his grace? Do you understand that you have grace? Do you sense growth in your life because of his freeing presence? You live as free. Do you know even the slaves they may not have understood. They, may, they were illiterate. Let's start with that. The slaves back in the 1850s, whatever the year was, doesn't matter. <clears throat> Many of them were illiterate. But they were able to learn about God's goodness through songs and hymns and singing and understanding who it was they were praising. Do you understand they were free even though they were in slavery? Do you get that? Do you understand that? There's still grace. Even in the worst possible circumstances that you could ever experience. God has not forgotten about you. Third point of this message. To live for Christ and grow in his presence. We are to live in obedience to his teachings. In other words, he wants you to live in freedom and grow as an example before others. Notice how I mentioned living in obedience. Living in obedience is a necessity. It's part of your responsibility as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because you cannot say you love God and be disobedient to him. You can't say you love God and not be obedient to his word. So drop down in Romans to verse 15, which goes back to the first verse. It asks the same question. Same question for those people who this is being written to. 
What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? Either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. You're either going to be a slave to sin or a slave for Christ. One leads to death, the other leads to righteousness. It can't be more clear than that. It's one or the other. You have to decide. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. Once again, we're looking at the word teaching. You're being taught. You're being taught every day. Are you paying attention? You're being taught every day. He's teaching you every day. And having been set free from sin, verse 18, we have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. Now, I understand who he's speaking to. His audience, the Romans, they were just learning how to be believers. And they weren't very good at it. They're just learning. Guess what? We're learning how to be believers, too. And sometimes we ain't too good at it. Amen? Amen. We still need to learn. For as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. That wonderful word, sanctification, which means you are growing and maturing in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit who cleanses you who gives you righteousness. You just show up and ask for it. He gives it to you. Amen. Sanctification is a wonderful word. I did a paper about sanctification. It was 20 pages long. Wow. It wasn't supposed to be 20 pages long. But there was just so much information about it. So we see the true freedom involves a life of obedience to Jesus Christ. This freedom assures a successful life in Christ and a life with him in eternity. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's what it's all about. Paul uses the term slaves of righteousness in order to make the point that we all follow something. We all follow something. We all go after something. We are wired that way. God created you and gave you a void so that you would know that you needed Christ in your life. But we all follow something and we'll fill it with something else if we think it's going to work for us. It never does. We all follow something. It is certainly better for all of us to follow Jesus Christ in righteousness than to live as a slave to sin. 
And living as a slave to sin only leads to an ending that you don't really want. Amen? You don't want that. But we have to teach that because if you don't teach it, people will go to their doom without that understanding. In Romans 6, drop down to verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. And then verse 23, which all of you should have memorized by now, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen. amen. Now that should be a memory verse. Because <clears throat> that should remind you every time you think about sinning, man, this isn't good. But God has given you eternal life in Jesus Christ. Slaves to sin will ultimately die in their sin. That's a hard thing to say, but it's a true thing to say. Slaves to sin are going to die in their sin. Freedom in Christ releases a former slave of sin to a place of fellowship and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen. You are removed from slavery. The shackles have come off. Amen. Because of Jesus Christ. But how does this happen? All it takes is for you to know him, to honor him, to trust him, and to believe in him. It requires faith in Jesus. It requires trust in his word. It requires living according to his word. This is your freedom from sin. When you believe in Jesus Christ, for the very first time, that day, for the very first time, that was your independence day. That was your independence day. You are no longer dying in sin. You are free in Christ. It is his gift to you for all eternity. If you do not know Jesus Christ in this way, your day of independence is right in front of you. It's right in front of you. And you have to understand, I have to do a message like this because... It's not for me to make an assumption about whether or not somebody knows the Lord Jesus Christ. You know if you do. Amen. Amen. If you don't, 
Your Independence Day is in front of you. Amen. You have to decide. You have to make a decision about it. What day is your Independence Day from sin? You know what day that is? You know what day it was? My Independence Day was in June of 1986. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt because I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Let freedom reign in your hearts and in your minds. You have the power of freedom in Jesus Christ. Live in such a manner that all you meet, all of who you meet, will see you as a good and faithful servant of Jesus Christ. Because you are free indeed. Amen. Amen and amen. 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 Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the reminders of how you love us, how you died for us on the cross, how you sacrificed for us, how you paid that penalty of sin so that we indeed could be free. Lord, we can't thank you enough for that. We can't honor you enough for that. But Lord, we just thank you that all you ask us to do is just to be obedient to you, just to seek after you, just to trust you. We thank you for how you teach us. We thank you for your encouragement. We ask that you bless this group. Bless us as a people, Lord. We remain faithful to you because we gather before you. Whether it be rain or shine, indoors or out, we still go before you. We still recognize who you are. And we just give you the thanks and give you the praise. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now is the time to make a decision for him. Make this Independence Day weekend more than just celebrating the 4th of July. Make this about a day where you recognize freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 We do have um, some announcements to make. And I want to make sure that... um, we do that. First of all, um, if you haven't remembered already about the offerings, you know where to put those. Um, please also note, too, that first Sunday in August, we're going to have communion. Now, how are we going to have communion? Well, we're going to ask you to bring your own items. Bring your own grape juice. Bring your own crackers because we won't be passing out anything for that. But we're going to ask you to bring those items with you. And that's going to be for the first Sunday in August. So please remember that. We'll remind you again every week and so that you won't forget about that. But we want to get back to having communion. I think that's a good thing to do. I think that we can do it just as easily out here as we're doing it anywhere else. Amen? Amen. Um, uh, it's not a picnic, but it's, it's, <laughs> but it's something that we need to do to give uh, reverence to who the Lord is. So uh, by all means... Uh, We'll just remind you of that. Crackers and grape juice. Um, please don't bring... No, no, no. Okay, so, anyway. <laughs> so we're going to move on from that. 
We're trusting you to bring crackers and grape juice. Amen. And just remember what communion is all about. Amen. Okay. All right. Um, another thing I want to make sure we're doing too. Um, I want the men, if it's at all possible, to form a circle or an arc and pray for Pastor Gus. Pastor Gus is going to have surgery. Not tomorrow. It's been, it's been bumped to Thursday of this week. So I would think it would be appropriate now to do that, to have the men gather around in like kind of an arc here around where he's sitting. Um, he's right back there. And uh, if we could do that right now, I think that this would be a good time to do it. Um, so if you gentlemen can do that, we'd appreciate that. Are they to come up front or are they, are they to be back here? They're just going to go right, right over here. 